Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, hello everybody and welcome to Sterker Than Radar Uncut, our latest episode and delighted, I'm going to get straight to it, to be joined by our very special guest this week, uh, Matt Wallace, uh, joining us on the line and I'm going to be honest, ladies and gents, this is a, a kind of a special edition, obviously Wentworth Week, we're recording this on Friday, play was suspended uh, late on Thursday, play was uh, abandoned for today, will resume at Wentworth on the Saturday, tournament reduced to 54 holes, but of course, it's a sad day. It's a somber day. Her Majesty passed away on Thursday. And I guess the sporting world paying tribute. Matt, we're going to get into plenty of, of good stuff about your recent form and looking ahead to the weekend. But And Radar as well. Just, just a word, I guess, about how bizarre things were late Thursday at Wentworth and kind of how it unfolded uh, for you on site at the tournament. Matt, I'll come to you first on that. Um, yeah, very surreal. Um, actually, playing with Thomas Bjorn, and uh, who else was I playing with? I've completely forgot now. Danny, sorry, yeah, good friend Danny. Um, we were playing and we got told somewhere around the ninth hole, I think uh, Thomas's wife, Grace, was, was out there and get fed us the news and we were all taken aback a little bit that she was, she was kind of ill. And um, then by the end of the round uh, that she'd passed and um it was it was kind of very flat by the end of the day and i'm glad the tour did what they did um because i don't think it was 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 right to carry on in that in that moment and um then we were all left to to kind of wonder what was what was going to happen it do you know what was quite strange it felt a little bit like how covid had happened uh when we were playing at the players we were all unsure what was was going on and um came back here at home because a local event for me and just had to wait uh, until the next annou announcement, which um, happened obviously today, uh, where we weren't going to play on the Friday and it was going to be reduced to 54 holes and start again tomorrow on Saturday. Mm. Right, oh, we just had a little chat before we started recording. Obviously, you're a proud Aussie, but a strong affiliation, of course, with the UK. You've been quite affected by this as well. Tell me how, how you felt yesterday when it all kind of happened and, and hit and the news broke. Well, it's very, very um, a, a sad time because like we, Matt and I, we, we live in the shadows basically of Windsor Castle. I mean, Windsor Castle, it's 12 minutes drive from, from Sunningdale or Sunning Hill. And it's, it, we are there. We did the right thing. The DP World um, should, the tour should pat themselves on the back, yeah, because they you, you could have kept going on. But no, 
we're stopping. See, when I grew up from a very young age, going to school at five years of age, there was a picture up on the wall of the Queen. Every morning I had to stand up until I was 11 years of age and sing the national anthem. I mean, I had to stand up, God save the, our gracious Queen. Every day I stood up and did it. Right. To be honest with you, us lads being young honest, we changed the words. <laughs> Are they repeatable, Radar? Is <laughs> a, a rendition on Sturkers and Radar on Cards? <laughs> well, now, God save us, gracious Queen, give her a jelly bean. You know, that's what we'll, we'll do <laughs> as, as youngsters. But I love, the, I, I love the, the, the Queen. I love the royal family. I'm a royalist. I love it. What they do for, you know, the UK and... The island of Ireland, it's, it's fantastic. They're, they're just, it's brilliant. And and um, I hope uh, King Charles, you know, does the same sort of thing as his mum did. And she did a, look, 96, we've got to celebrate too. 96 years? Yeah. Oh, that's a good that's ending. Just, that's a good ending. Yeah. And I think, Matt, you know, we'll, 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 we will talk golf for just a sec, but you kind of, you know, you're a proud Englishman, proud Brit, you know, you're doing what you're doing at the top level in golf. And, you know, here's this amazing woman who's been in, you know, at the head of affairs, reigning monarch for 70 years. It's, it does make, when you see the outpouring and what, what she meant and the royal family, it make, does make you proud to feel British, doesn't it? It makes you proud 100%. to be British and, and, you know, be who we are and, and have the royal family at the head of affairs. 100%. I saw something this morning uh, that was quite nice, that um, she made Britain great. Mm. so I thought that was quite nice and um it, it stuck with me so uh she loved her sport um she loved her horses you know and I'm a I'm a huge sports sports person myself so uh, we had something in common I never never got to see her actually in person mm. uh, not even at the horses at the at Ascot when she used to take that that carriage down uh down the racetrack I never got to see that unfortunately but um what a lady, what a woman, and loyalty stands out for me. And um, yeah, uh, as Radar Ray says, hopefully King Charles will, will take the footsteps as she did. I mean, we we're talking as though we know her, sort of thing. Yeah, you, know, that, and, yeah. Uh, you you feel like you do, don't you? And yeah. you feel everybody, every it's affected everybody so deeply. Yeah, she's she's she was the number one. She was in charge, you know. So um, and she did a great job. I was up there at, Ro at Ascot this morning just doing my shopping, but I couldn't help but look at the, ra the racetrack. And I remember a few years back, we had a great horse come over called Black Caviar. So interested in seeing this horse. And the jockey had to bring the horse right in front of the Queen. And she just, for two minutes, she just sat, sat there and looked at this horse. That's the love of horse racing for the Queen. I mean, just, um, and you're living so close to Ascot. It's very, my kids used to go to school very close there and they were allowed to go to a little um, track behind the race course there as she used to come in in the carriage. And uh, every year she'd stop and talk to the kids of Hurst Lodge. And, uh, you know, my daughters were sending me pictures today. Just fantastic memories, but we've got to celebrate as well. It's very sad, but celebrate. Uh, a great queen. Absolutely. An amazing tenure and rest in peace and of course condolences to all the royal family as well. But yeah, just just worth reflecting on that and lovely to get but you know both your thoughts. So um really special memories. Thank you for that. And, and Matt, just moving ahead then to the weekend, obviously 54 holes got done yesterday. How how is the mindset now heading into the weekend? Still the same for me. Uh there's still a cut line to to make and try and climb the leaderboard tomorrow. Um, felt like I played pretty good yesterday around my home course, which uh, I tend to make quite a few birdies on when I'm not playing this tournament. 
Um, and I just didn't seem to manage to score yesterday, hit the ball okay. Really only had two, three bad shots, which cost me uh, on two on the par fives, which I made par from, which you kind of need to be making your, your, your scores on. Um, and it was a very like a very flat day for me, uh, shooting level par. Um, but my focus is on tomorrow. I'm playing some good stuff. I'm hitting the ball well, actually hitting it better than I, I have done the last couple of weeks when I when I played in Cron and played um, got to play off there. Um, so yeah, I'm in I'm in a good shape tomorrow, um, and hopefully I can take con, uh, control of those uh, the conditions and the greens in the morning. Look, that, I mean, you mentioned Cron, obviously, a very close call. I really like the interview you did, and I know you, you were a bit choked up weren't you doing, you know, that interview with Sky, talking about sort of what it what it means, and kind of, you felt like you were back playing some good stuff again, and I've always really admired you for that, the way you kind of wear your, wear your heart on your sleeve, and we know what it means to you, we know the intensity, we see it whenever you tee it up. How how satisfying does it does it feel to be, to be back playing the way you are, playing well again. And what excitement does that give you now for the rest of the year and, and moving forward into your career the next couple of years? Because I know you've got massive hopes and massive ambitions for, for the next few years in terms of the things you still want to achieve in the game. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, I'm probably my worst critic where I'm always pushing and always searching rather than sometimes stepping, stepping back and going, do you know what? You're on the right track here and you're doing some good stuff. I'm always you know, trying to push myself. So um, I need to I need to do a little bit of both of that, you know, use it in the right way to push me forward to get better, but also give myself credit uh, sometimes when I'm, you know, on the on the course and, and hit a good shot, really actually say to myself, good work, rather than just expecting that to happen. Um, so that was something that I've tried to change, something I need to keep doing better than, because over those last, uh, those months where I was struggling, I was just, like telling myself it's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And um, that's never great for your mental side or your game. So uh, right now I've put in the work, put in the effort, seeing the rewards of, of good golf, not always the score, but good golf. And the score should come off the back of that if I keep being positive, keep my mental side being strong. Mm. Um, so I'm in, a, I'm in a really, really good place. And it, it is exciting because we've got things that I want to, coming up that I really want to achieve you know this is the first week of the Ryder Cup uh, points um, and it's not all about this week for me uh, I need to put together some good events some good runs being able to keep my card on the PJ Tour is is big for me so um, yeah it's exciting it's exciting ahead and uh, I've got a great team around me now and um, we're all on the same page. Yeah, I tell you what, Matt. That's a, that's a very good point. The PGA Tour, like, uh, hasn't uh, wasn't to be, but other players have done that before. McDowell did their first up and had to came back to the the DP World Tour. It's a great place to come back to play. And then he won Wales. Goes over the next week and wins the US Open. I know what it's like to be in the states where you were this year. It can be a lonely place. The mm. PGA Tour when things aren't going quite what uh, the way you expect them to go. Do you feel as though what you've learned over there will help you with the next time you play that on that tour, which will be next year? You'll get some stuff. Yeah. Well, I've I've managed. Luckily, I've managed to uh, retain my car because of what happened to the live players when they went back. So uh, I've got a full category next year. So I'm going to be playing next week in Napa, uh, which will be the first event of the year, and I know everyone out there. 
I uh, see the, the referees, you know, all the people that you see week in, week out, which you want to become familiar with so you can feel more comfortable. I'm there now. So this will be my, was it my fourth year on the PGA Tour? And um, I've had some close calls. I've had some 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 near misses, you know, if a couple more putts drop, then I'd be right in contention. Um, but it's week after week. This is the thing, Radar, like you know, it's completely different to Europe where we're going to cities and you can stay in the towns and you can be outside of the ropes. You can have some good fun and, and you know, cultural sides. Whereas sometimes in the States, you're in the towns, in these small towns and you're staying in hotels and that's you for the week uh, inside the ropes. You can't find anywhere better because the courses, the fans, the, the infrastructure, everything that goes on in a PJ Tour event is just amazing. Uh, sometimes outside it can be a little bit lonely, but it's something you've got to get used to. And um, we've done a few bits with uh, my team and my manager, Graham. We've sometimes got a house all together. So then it feels a little bit more homely and a little bit more, um, uh, yeah, a little bit fresher. You know, you can cook for yourselves and you you can go out at night if you want, but it all seems a little bit more team effort and it's it's a bit more fun that way. With you winning uh, on the DP World Tour uh, before and narrowly missing the Ryder Cup, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how they left you out, but whatever. Um, yeah, I look at your career, and you know what the one championship that I look at it and go, yeah, this guy can really do it? It's Beth Page. Yeah. Well, I came third there, didn't I, back in uh, 2019. And, right. Brooks won. Uh, Brooks and DJ, they had that tussle, but Brooks was unbelievable, wasn't he? Um, I just remember going to that golf course going, do you know what, this is this place is a bit of me. It's it's ruthlessly hard. The rough was super thick. I actually didn't feel like I played that great, but obviously did the right things because I drove it well. I grinded really hard when I didn't hit the fairway because you had to hack it out, get it on the green, hold a putt. And I just did that from the start until the end. And I managed to get a third place there. So um, Beth Page at a Ryder Cup, that would be a bit of me. Um, oh. <laughs> so, uh, I'm playing, I'm playing, as I said, I'm playing with Thomas Bjorn this week. And there's a reason why I'm playing with him. You know, there's a reason why they want, Thomas wants to have a look at my game, see where I'm at. And uh, I think I showed him maybe yesterday a li something a little different. It wasn't my A game. It was something I showed a bit of consistency in my my C game that I had, you know. So hopefully tomorrow when we start up again, I can show him a bit of my my form that I know that I'm in. And he can see a little twinkle in my eye and say, Thomas, I'll be there for you if you, if you need me. Hopefully I can get there by myself. Um, but if not, um, they know that I'll be I'll be ready to go if they need me. Just, Matt, I know what you're in the sky. I remember Beth Page, actually. I remember because I think I spoke to you most days post-round and I know it was a brilliant week for you and it'd be amazing to see you back playing there. But just Sky Studio at the end of last year, we were talked about, you know, the, the team you're really happy with. I know you're looking forward to this year. We did talk a little bit about the Ryder Cup and say as much or as little as you want in this in terms of giving everything away. But as I said, you're always really honest and you wear your heart on your sleeve. What, just how much a goal how much of a goal is is getting into that Ryder Cup team for you what what would it mean to Matt Wallace to make the European Ryder Cup side um so as you know me I'm very honest and unfortunately I keep 
saying to myself, I shouldn't be like this because I should be more individual. But it's probably up there with winning any tournament in the world for me. Mm. Um, I'm a team player. I always have been that since I was a young kid. I played all team sports. Cricket was my sport growing up. And I just love the camaraderie, the, the dressing room, the, the banter, the fun, the urging people on. I mean, even playing, I played um, uh, Zurich this year with Sam Horsfield and just, we just, it was so buzzy. I played with Graham McDowell the year before when we had that hole-in-one. You saw our reaction when he had that hole-in-one. It's just everything that makes me enjoy sport. And this is why I tr always try to have a good team around me because I want to do things in the game on the, on uh, like the individual side and share it with them. Um, maybe that's personally probably wrong for me sometimes where I need to be a little bit more selfish, but it's just how I'm made up. And it's the same with my parents. They were, they were sports man and woman and they were in team sports. So uh, it's just something that I've always grown up with being around team sports. My dad, rugby player, you know, going into the changing room and these big men and they're all just, you know, having a great time. And that's what I loved seeing as a youngster and that's what I don't get as much now as an individual player in golf. Red, I always, we talk about this all the time, but I always, you know, the team events, the Ryder Cups, all have Cup, I always look at players and I'm like, I'd love, you know, when they haven't, when they haven't appeared yet in the team competition, you look at their personality and their character and you're like, I'd, I'd love to see that that player in, in a Ryder Cup or Solheim Cup. Well, if I'm the captain, I'm, I'm not, I, it, yeah. it's not for Yeah, I'm just picture, man. You've <laughs> It's me because, you know, everyone's got to stand up this time round because we know you've lost a few players to live and it's time that the captain, Captain Donald, needs some help. And uh, you're one of those guys that, you know, you know, spring, you know, you know, youngster now, you're right in the prime of your life and you, you golf and, you know, you've got to nurture some of these young guys. Either. You've got to get on there, but you've got to help the others because people have got to stand up right now to give these Americans a go next year in Italy. Do you know what? I think last time I, I, I didn't have that experience of playing against these guys week in, week out and playing on the PGA Tour, playing these really hard golf courses that you were that we were going to get at Paris National. I didn't have that experience at that time. I was playing great. I just won. Yeah, brilliant. But I, I didn't have that backing, you know, behind me. Whereas now I play against them week in, week out. You know, I, I, I do this all the time and I'm comfortable around them. That's sometimes something that you need. You need to step up on that first tee, you know, look Jordan Speed in the eye and say, good luck, mate. Mm. And then I'm going to ground him to the ground, like pound him to the ground there playing. I'm going to hold us yeah. on top of him. You know, yeah. I'm gonna uh, even if I don't play great, I'm gonna grind, and I'm not gonna give a give anything away. That's what I'm gonna try and do, and I feel the Ryder Cup will bring that out of me because it's you give everything for three days, everything you've got, you don't leave anything out, you don't leave anything out there, and that's what I feel I I can do. Watching it back, I get shivers all the time, yeah. and it it spurs me on. So um, yeah, it's huge. It's huge for me and. We, I, I, I keep saying to my team and saying, listen, ride a cup year, two or year in advance, and we've got a run at it. Let's not make too much of a thing about it. <laughs> and then there's me talking about it for fun, and I just love it. It's just something that I really want to achieve. And I'm putting you and Tyrrell together. Let's see, let's see how the stats hang out, but I think that would be quite a firecracker group. If it, if yeah, maybe. absolutely. It'll be a great. Yeah.
I've thought, I've thought about it before. So if um, if Luke want to put Luke's want Luke wants to put me and Tyrrell together, or Shane and I, I'm happy. Oh, Shane, they just you let him chip them to death. Yeah. <laughs> I got goosebumps listening to you. It's something we all want to see, and I hope it happens, Matt. And I think you know we're wishing you all the best in that quest uh, for next year because it would be it would be amazing. Just on the the PGA tour, obviously the reprieve with the live players, and how how do you plan to sort of work your schedule now for next year? So with the new world ranking system and the points, and uh, I've never played this side of the year over in on the PGA tour, so I've always started you know seven tournaments behind these guys and you can't you just can't do that right now that's why i've only managed to keep my card inside the top 125 towards 100 um it's been it's it's difficult to do that and you always like smash the end of the year over there by putting in too many tournaments um so i'm gonna try and fix maybe four events before the end of this year over there on the pga tour uh try and get some points up you know uh there should be we say weaker fields, the fields are unbelievably strong over there anyway. Um, but the world ranking point system um, is geared to over there. So I need to get myself back inside the top 100, back inside the top 50. Um, I know it's a big ask right now to get inside the top 50 by the end of the year, but it's a good week away. You know, it's always so close. So um, my goal is to keep playing well, play a few events over there. Try and secure my place in the DP World Tour uh, final over these next couple of events that I'm playing in over here. So I'll play Dunhill coming up as well, and then and then we'll see. You know, we can we can plan our schedule a little bit better for next year. Uh, now knowing we've retained our cards, so um, yeah, and the Ryder Cup slowly in the back of the mind somewhere to try and get some points up for for Mr. Donald. <laughs> It's a great plan to go over there and play four by the end of the year. Then that frees you up for January to play Abu Dhabi in the Dubai Desert Classic. Exactly. And I've always tried to support the DP World Tour. I came back and played uh, Holland and Germany. I, I played it for two reasons. One, to support the tour. Well, three reasons. Two, because I, I love those courses and I love the tournaments. And then three, I wanted to build some confidence up because it is tough week after week to grind on the PJ Tour if you're not quite on it come back and play some courses. I know that I can make some birdies, uh, finish fifth in Holland and uh, top 20 in Germany. And if I had have played in America and, you know, made a cut, I would have kept my cards. Simple as that. Like I would have kept my cards. So um, I've always supported the tour. They've helped me so much in my quest to become a professional golfer. And um, I'll do that for the rest of my life. So I'll always be coming back and try and uh, play as many DP World Tour events as I can. Again, Matt, say say what you want on this. How be, be honest, but say as much as you want. The situation with with the live players that went with this week. Yeah. I mean, where do you stand on that? First of all, we've had a lot of the you know McElroy, Rom, a lot of the big name players being very outspoken about it. What's your take? Well, I'm I'm glad I get to answer this question after they've answered it, really, because I can say I think John Rom hit the nail on the head. Um, you've got the likes of. Westy, Sergio, Poults. Uh, is Paul Casey playing this week? I'm not sure. No, I don't think he is. But those guys, you know, who have supported the tour for so long and played this event mm. forever and made this event kind of what it is, um, I have a little bit of sympathy for them because they're allowed to play, you know, top wherever they are in the world. And these things, um, 
I feel that they supported the tour for so long that, and I'm good friends. I'm I'm good friends with a lot of those uh, live players, but what I do say is they knew the situation when they signed. Um, they knew the situation when everything was going on. And uh, my whole philosophy is when you sign to be a member of any club in the world, not just golf, um, you have to abide by the rules. So uh, the rules are there for a reason and um, we stick by those rules. Has it turned, I know you've got your man, manager there with you. Yeah. What? How, how, how much has it turned your head though, the situation with, with Liv and the financial gains, yes. The pros and cons, as you quite rightly said, there's a lot to weigh up. But how much has it? How much has it been a, a conversation for you personally? Something to look at, something to weigh up, and something to consider. Well, like a lot of us did in the top 100, 150 in the world at the time. Um, for me, it was quite early on in the the talks. Um, we all had those discussions, and for me at that time, I didn't have uh enough there for me to not monetary but enough there in in the pipeline for it to work that would even change my mind and then the, the further on, along it's gone it's just reaffirmed to me where i stand in the game for me um i look at the dp world tour you know keith pelly gave me that start in portugal after i'd won uh six times on the alps tour the year before and i got a start in a co-sanctioned event when I was a challenge tour player and the next, the week after that, I was playing at Wentworth after I won it. And I'm like, man, I've gone from, you know, an Alps tour player the year before not winning a tournament at all to winning six times that year, getting an invite into a co-shankton event, which I won. And then two weeks later playing the biggest tournament that you can play on the European tour at the time. And I was like, without that start and that, that, that sort of opportunity, I, I wouldn't be talking to you now. Nobody would have heard of Matt Wallace. You know, no, nobody would have heard, watched me play golf. Um, I don't know what I'd be doing because um, I was a relatively late bloomer in the grand scheme of things, you know, 27 out on tour. And so I know where my allies lie and where I lie with regards to all of this. And um, it's nothing against those guys. They can do what they want. It's their decisions. But for me, um, I know where I stand and my head hasn't been turned even through it, through this whole thing. I don't, I'm not jealous. Um, I've got a pretty, pretty great life and I need to be thankful for that. And, um, you know, Radar, I've got some lovely wine if you ever want to come around and have a glass because uh, I'm very, very lucky with what I've been able to achieve in this game. Well, you know, if you weren't going to Sunningdale Heath, I would have come around right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to play tomorrow, though, mate. So uh, maybe on Sunday. <laughs> That's why you started your season in Napa. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, good thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's it's hard, isn't it? And I, again, pre, your honesty there. It's but, but you can understand, can you? So it's different for every every player has their own reasons for doing it. Have you been quite? surprised though at the I guess the level of dissatisfaction and dis disdain I think from a number of the fans and media professionals and just how it's the negativity that it's now that it's now taken on it's just it's a shame isn't it really in a way that's kind of the best way to sum it up it's just it's sad that golf is now yeah seemingly in this situation it's it's political um which I tried to stay away from a lot mm. of the time uh, I saw a lot of the guys this week and I'm in group chats with a lot of them. Um, it just come around the corner on the Monday and see Westy and Pulse 
talking with Billy Horschel and Declan Rice, you know, those four talking together. And Billy Horschel is very out outspoken about pro or, or anti-live. And he's talking away with them like they're friends because we are. We're all friends, you know, we're all friends. We might all have difference of opinions, but that's life. Um, my issue is when it gets nasty, there's no, there's no reason for that. And it's mainly coming from uh, some of the live players, you know, because they're, they're trying to back their decision. They're trying to back their reason as to go and, and trying to show why live tour is so good. Um, I turn a blind eye to it and I just crack on with my job, which is playing golf as best I can. And that's ultimately, ultimately what I'm trying to do right now. And so, um, Everyone has their reasons. I'm surprised by a few of them going. I'm not surprised by others. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't stop me, you know, being mates with a few of them. Uh, Taylor Gooch, good friends of his. Uh, we played this week on Tuesday, showed him around Wentworth, you know, his first time here. Do I think he should be here? No. Uh, is he taking a spot from a guy who's played 20 tournaments on the European Tour this year? Yes. Uh, does he deserve to be here he can do what he wants he's here he's allowed to um but you know it, this is where the golf industry is right now until it gets sorted you know in in is it march when the the case reopens up um that needs to get sorted and i believe the dp tour will take a, a strong stance because that's what we've been told is going to happen yeah and i tell you what i like your attitude with saying not, not, not that much i like that attitude of not saying so much if you're going to stay on the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour. And I also like Dustin Johnson's stance. He hasn't said anything. He's just mm. on and played. Just, yeah, he knows, he, he knows exactly what he's signed up to do. Yeah. And he's been one of the best. Louis Oosthuizen as well. Yep. You know, yeah. Sign it. Play these big events. Play well. Going to show the world that I'm still a great golfer and I'm going to have my time off with all this cash that I've got. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And Pelly said, didn't he? I mean, Louis, Pelly was saying, quoted this week, Louis called him up and said, look, I'm signing for Liv. This is my decision, but I've been nothing but a great sport of the DP World Tour. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Off I go. I, I complete respect to Louis for that. I just, I think it's just a shame that it's, that it's kind of. I think what's happened is a lot of those players didn't expect it to go this way. Yeah. And they didn't expect that it was going to be, uh, they, they maybe, maybe would maybe told by the live people or their own uh, lawyers that they can't do this and they can't do that. Uh, because obviously Greg Norman even said that, no, they can't stop you from playing one event, let alone these many events. So it's just how it is. And they might've been brainwashed a little bit and they're, they're going to take a strong stand. I think the DP tour at some point. Definitely. Listen, Rado, you need to set up this time to pop round to Matt for a, a nice glass of red. Uh, before Christmas. As soon as you win a tournament, you come back. That's what we're doing. I mean, oh. get along, mate. You're, you're trending in the right direction. It's really good. Go and win this week, man. Go and win this week. I've got a long way to go. I've got to catch up. We've only got 36 holes left. Um, so uh, my plan is to play as well as I can tomorrow, try and make up some ground, you know, make the cut first and foremost. Uh, not that that's my focus. My focus is to play well. But then who knows, you know, Alex Noren's done it from a long way behind. Rory's done it from a long way behind. Yeah. Uh, it's my home course and we can we can try and make a run, hopefully, uh, if we can do that come Sunday. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate you coming on Sturkers and Radar Uncut. Great stuff as always. Um, wishing you well for the weekend. Obviously, when this is released, we'll, uh, it, it'll be sometime next week. But um, appreciate your comments. Nice to hear your thoughts. Enjoy Napa as well. Thank Enjoy you, the rest of the year. And, uh, 
And yeah, Ryder Cup. Come on, Matt Wallace, Ryder Cup next year. We need Let's to go. see them now. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Matt. Thank you. Great stuff. See you soon. See you later. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye. Brilliant. Great to have Matt Wallace on the show. Really appreciated that. He's a good guy. And, you know, I think Radar, we look forward to the Ryder Cup next year. It will be fantastic to see. But let's just pick up on the point he made about the live. I thought we were really interesting thoughts on the live players, the situation at Wentworth. Now, we're going to get straight into Radar's rant because you've got something to add on that. Well, yeah, I, I'm listening, obviously, where I am as an on-course commentator for Sky. I hear it all the time and I hear what he's just said there. Should they be there? No. The thing is, the way I look at it, they should be there because they have qualified to be there. Most of them, um, like the American players, have qualified through the top 50 in, in the world. So these guys are still top 50 in the world players. And that won't happen for long because live players right now haven't got any world ranking points. Will they ever get world ranking points? I don't know. So no one should worry about it. They shouldn't worry because... They aren't going to be there for a long time. There's nothing sure. A live player is never going to get an invite from BMW to the BMW um, PGA. That's not going to happen. So in the next year, it's only going to be this year that we're going to have to really uh, worry about this unless they're in the top 50 in the world. And you'll ha- how are they going to stay there? I don't know. So it's just here. These guys have earned their way in by way of world rankings. And um, I, I don't agree with it either, but that's the way. And people are saying, oh, they're taking 15 places from uh, youngsters that um, would have been in. Well, you youngsters, next year, play better and you'll get in. I mean, that's just the simple way our professional game works. I know a lot of people might throw rocks at this podcast. I'm saying this, but it's fact. I mean, they have earned their way. They've bought their packet of cornflakes. They're eating their cornflakes and they're going to run out soon. So that's just the way it is. You can't stop people from coming and teeing up on the first tee at the BMW PGA at Wentworth because they've qualified. They've earned the right. Yeah, they have. What was it like on the ground this week, seeing seeing some of the interaction, feeling that? Because it was, it was spicy, wasn't it? Right from the off. We knew it was going to be spicy. We knew there were going to be player discussions and people agreeing, some people not, different perspectives. What, what, was, it, what was it like? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really, I'm one of those guys that doesn't really take any notice. If, if Westy and Pulse walk by me, it's going, Westy, Pulse, how are you doing? What's going on? Where'd you eat last night? It's it's one of those things, the atmosphere is there, but not me. You know, I, I just, you know, you, you kind of think to yourself, well, you know, this is the way it is right now. I'm going to be, I'm going to make an example here. And I don't bring Laurie Cantor into it for any reason, but he's the one that I look at and I go, Laurie, 48 players or 46 players on the whatever it is on the on the live tour and you've joined. I kind of go, why? Because at the end of the day, what's going to happen if you don't play a little better? I hope you do. You've got the talent to. You've had some great finishes without winning on the DP World Tour. What's going to happen when more players come in to live and they pay more money for these players and someone like, or who's in that position, probably won't happen this year, he'll probably be able to play next year, but when these boys get pushed out, what's going to happen? Are they going to come back to the DP World Tour and think, well, I'm going to be able to play there? Or is the DP World Tour going to go, is Pelly going to go, no, you're going to actually have to go back to the Challenge Tour? Or is he going to go, you're not even going to the Challenge Tour? Yeah. Where, do you, where do you play then? You go and play in Asia? 
I don't know because there's going to be great players there. Where do you play? I mean, I just, I, I think there are a lot of people that might be on that live tour now going, you know what, you know, I do the right thing. Yeah, I, I, t- I totally agree. And I think Matt said, Matt said that perfectly well. And I'm sure you'll agree with this. You, you, you weigh everything up, don't you? Here are my pros, here are my cons, here's my list. Right, I'm happy with that. I'm going to go and sign for Liv. That's my decision. And I'll take all the negative consequences that come my way. That's still my biggest thing with it. I don't begrudge anyone who signed for Liv. I get it. I understand yeah. why. I understand the opportunity. I understand, you know, the, the wanting to, for whatever reasons, whether it's more time with family, whether it's just a lot of money, whether it's a business decision, whatever. I completely get that. But you know you know the situation when you sign and that comes into making your decision. Yeah. It's having your cake and eating it that I still struggle with. What's going to happen? Like, I'm sorry I mentioned Laurie. But that's the one that sort of just sprung to my mind sitting here. Nothing against Laurie. He's a fantastic player, as I said. But have they thought about when it's over there at that place, when it's over. Because the powers that be aren't going to go, oh, don't you worry about it. We're going to keep you here. No, they're going to get better players all the time. It's going to be like yeah. a golfing conveyor belt, that tour. Yeah. And people are going to be left out. What's going to happen to them then? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the interesting thing, and we haven't seen that yet. No, you're absolutely right. And I also, your comment about Dustin Johnson is spot on. And I think, you know, DJ, we both know him well, interviewed him a ton. It, it, you know, he's given people need to give him more credit, I think, than he than he gets. He he knows what he's doing. He said, right, I'm doing this. I'm signing. And then you don't hear anything. I've made my decision. I'm happy with it. My family are happy with it. He doesn't go off whinging or then trying to get, you know, trying to have his cake and eat it. He's made his decision. He goes, that's it. Yep. Done. Job done. That's the way to do it. Yeah. He doesn't. DJ doesn't seem to have actually had a chat with him and his brother Austin. But just. They're getting on with it. I mean, okay. yeah. you know, you want to buy a pair of Nikes over there or you want to buy a pair of Reeboks. You just, yeah. you know, which one do you want? Yeah. And walk off with them. I mean, that's that's the way it is. But the guys that have come back and making all these rackets and saying things and nasty things and all, all this suing the PGA Tour and yeah. suing the DP World Tour. I mean, really? I know. I know. Word wanker comes to mind. Guys who've had... Yeah, yeah. Guys who've had, you know, Matt said it there with the loyalty. Guys who've had incredible success on the DP World Tour and incredible success on the PGA Tour, then think it's within their right or power to diss the place that got them to where they are. That's right. That's that's pretty sad. What is it? Is that an arrogance thing or ego thing or what? I really don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of these live players, and they're all honest men, good men. Yeah. I've never had yeah. with any of them. But just, yeah. you know, we all, as you said, rightly so, you know, just get on with it. And, yeah. and you know, don't, you know, people are saying about this is the, the DP World Tour is the fifth biggest tour in the world. Like, really? <laughs> there, are, yeah. there are two tours in the world, the PGA Tour and the DP World, that are in an alliance now. Pretty yeah. big, pretty, pretty, pretty tough places, you know, big tours, big tours. Yeah. You want to go to the, the the BMW PGA? You guys would have all by the time you listen to this, you would have all been there, and yeah, it's like the, walking up that 18th. The grandstand is like the Starship Enterprise. It yeah. 
huge. This is a huge golf event. So anyone saying that this deep, you know, this tour is is second rate, no. No. Get a grip. Absolutely. Get a grip. Absolutely. You had a slip of the tongue. It was Sergio who said it was a fifth tour or something, someone like that. I know. I know. <laughs> I, did, I mean, I did a column on Sergio for Golf Monthly. We both write a, we both write a column for Golf Monthly, great magazine. Go and buy it in your local news. I've, been, you I've been writing for them for 14 years. I know. I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie. You're an, you're an established established columnist um but yeah great magazine uh check it out um but yeah Sergio I I, I love Sergio and I and I don't love him at the same time is and I think some of the things he's done you know I think he's a he's always been a bit of a love, lovable rogue for me but I just I just can't see where's the emotion emotional maturity with some of his comments I just don't get it you're a privileged guy you've had an unbelievable career great life very fortunate yeah. why slag off effectively something which has been very good to you just don't get it no i don't get that either coming from sergio i mean just i get every time i talk to sergio he's got a twinkle in his eye he's a, he's like a you know the guy at school you'd hang around with and uh yeah. you know knock around kick the ball around with and uh, a little bit of a rascal in there and it's it's great you know it's great but sometimes you you know you do you know the tongue tongue slips and you know we know that i don't know that more better than anyone but he he you know Maybe it was just a slip of the tongue and maybe you just wanted to get something in there. But you know, the more you think about it, that answer is going to be out there for a long time. We're still talking about it. You know, there's no point. I know. It's not true. Yeah. No, exactly. Listen, we're nearly out. So we had a good chat with Matt. Just a quick reaction, obviously, with, with Rory, you're out there. You've, you've done some air miles this last couple of months, haven't you? You've been all over the shop and I've been sat at home with Milo still watching it all. <laughs> on tv i'm back next month by the way back in october cool with my first shift back but yeah tour champs was amazing wasn't it and amazing to see rory in full flow like he was yes the tour championships were fantastic he was my call to win the whole thing uh, at the first week in uh, memphis uh, i just thought his consistency was far superior to the rest of them and then you know a lot of people might say well okay what about Sheffler and his consistency well i looked at it uh, I looked at both of their eyes on Sunday afternoon at the final, the Tour Champs at Eastlake that you know very well, Sarah. And he looked like a rabbit in the headlights, um, Scheffler. And Rory looked like I've been here and won this twice before. And I've won four majors. And I'm not scared of this. And I, I you know, and he looked a bit worried. And when you watch Rory McElroy in full flow with such a great golf swing, and a guy like Scheffler who's dancing around with the feet and all that sort of thing. I must, I, I, I really start to think and look in their eyes and I must go, you know, I wonder if Scheffler looks at Rory and goes, geez, this guy does it properly. I'm yeah. good, but I do it differently. Yeah. And he can, he can bully a golf course, Rory McElroy, and he can bully his opponents without saying one thing. He yeah. need to say one thing and he just goes out there and plays golf. And it'd be an absolute, joke if he wasn't to win more majors i mean four's a heck of a career but you know he's got an eight major career in there like a tom watson and yeah. you know if he was to get eight majors and we sort of look at rory the way he won the 18 million that was a little stab at the shark as well wasn't it it was like but you know the shark's going about his business but you know it was just another one on that sunday afternoon to carry the weight of the pga tour as well and the yeah. DP World Tour, basically, just to go, hey, we're here, we're going nowhere, and we are the best players. 
Yeah. He loves it though, doesn't he? Yeah. Finley's always said it. He's better when he's got when he's got a little needle or something that's annoying him, something that needs to really motivate him and inspire him. He's he kind of needs sometimes he needs that little spark and then he's off. Yeah. Good for him. Ability to be able to sit in front of the media or talk to people, the dignitaries, all the big people, and and be the front the face of the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, and to be able to get on that first tee, get his scorecard and go out and forget all about it. Now, that's a massive talent to be able to do that. And he does, yeah. does it very, very well. He's not far off being world number one. Look, yeah. look, the Masters next year, let's just hope he wins it because he deserves it. He does. He does. So come on then, Friday night, a little curry tonight, a little Indian, Chinese, before working tomorrow. What's the plan? Um, Yeah, I one of the, no, I went, no, I went up to Ascot before and I bought some spare ribs. So I'm oh, nice. on those like Hannibal Lecter, have them all over my face. <laughs> Silly. Probably another tear in the eye because of the Queen. Oh, I know. It's been sad, hasn't it? Yeah. Really, it's a really it's a somber day. But listen, I'm glad we I'm glad we recorded the podcast today. Really glad we had a little reflection with you and, and Matt. And it's been nice to kind of nice to kind of mark that, I think. Yes. Always Here great it's- pleasure, Sarah. Good. Yeah. Good stuff, Radar. Thank you. Um, and enjoy the next few weeks. We'll catch up in October. Um, and hopefully I get to see you soon. Yeah, you'll be there. We'll be We're not travelling. What's that? And you know, everyone at home, play your best. Or ping, play your best. It does. Play your best. Listen, Radio, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Matt Wallace. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode of Sturkers and Radar and Cut, brought to you by Pig. has been a Monkey Pants Productions podcast. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.